Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, finally, with another episode <laughs> of Just Freak Wrestling, the JFW Podcast, hosted by the greatest tag team in podcast history, Travesty. Dizzle J. I know what you're thinking. You guys are all worried that since there wasn't a show last week, that, oh no, is it over? Is it done? You know? Was 10, 10, 10 the final episode? No! Absolutely not. We uh, took a break. We needed some time off. We didn't. Had some other stuff we had to accomplish. Yeah, you know, um, you know, life happens. Things uh, have to occur, but we don't want to cheat you out. We want to, you know, be as committed as we said we we're going to be when we said this is going to be weekly. So, since we took a break last week, we're uh, we're going to pull some overtime this week. Do some double time. We're going to do some double time. We're putting out two shows this week. So, if you guys are all like, oh no, you know, they're a show behind. But we're not going to be because we're going to release two shows this week. So we're going to uh, release show 11, which really is a sequel to uh, episode 10. We're going to do some more uh, lists right. on this episode. And then follow along onto the next episode where we talk about SummerSlam and also SCW Intensity coming up next week. Um, Jay, how have you been, man? Man, working. Now I'm a, I'm a cheerleader dad now. So that's why I wasn't here last week. Adorable. Yeah. That's adorable. I, I, I had the least amount of school spirit when I was in school, and now my daughter is super school spirity. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a heartbeat away from buying a purple shirt. <laughs> Shit, well, soon enough, you're going to have to get that minivan. I got the SUV. Not the same. No, it's uh, close enough. SUV can still be kind of a manly vehicle, but once you get that minivan, you got that fucking... Sack of soccer balls in the back, and you gotta make sure you have sliced apples and fucking Gatorade for the kids and shit. That's when everything goes downhill. I mean, Dizzle J's gonna end up being Dizzle Gay here in a minute. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if the kids are allowed to drink Gatorade nowadays, though. They might just be water. Uh, sure, yeah. Who, who knows what the kind of bullshit God. that they, they do today? Oh, like, the, uh, like that Cook County uh, sugar tax? The sugar tax. That is a joke. And it, it's, the sugar tax applies to orange juice, too, by the way. You know, and that's what I found was weird, because, like, when I went to Sam's Club a while back to do some shopping, I mean, they have, like, they have a section that literally they list as non-sugar-added drinks. Right. But everything else that's not in that section, they have that fucking little sign that says Cook County Sugar Tax, and it's stuff that you wouldn't think that they would, like, upcharge, like flavored water, orange juice, and shit like that. Makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, that's probably a different topic for a different show, but it doesn't make sense. Oh, it's not, well, it's not for this show. We can rant off, but uh, as, long as, it doesn't come, yeah. as long as it doesn't come this way, I think we're all right. <laughs> yeah. Who knows this crooked-ass state. Yeah. But, again, just like you said, it's not for this show. What we actually need to do is we do need to dive into these top tens. We do. Because overall plan was to do four top tens on our last episode, and we got through three and had to like cut off the show. I don't, I, we got a lot of good feedback from that last show. At least on my end, I, I talked to a few yeah. people. Well, I, mean, I know I know Gio had some input on some uh, on some recommendations that he had, which were uh, valued. Um, he uh, he happened to mention like Kurt Henning, Mister Perfect, being one of those guys who maybe should have been on our list and everything. And you know, what? I, I completely forgot about Mister Perfect. I I forgot about him, but to be honest with you, I didn't really give him much of a thought, and I feel bad for that end because. For most of the 90s, I mean, Mr. Perfect was there, you right. know. Um, Kurt Henning and WCW and all that. So, 
I feel bad not giving him a thought, but at the same time, I don't. I, I guess when I was doing the list, I didn't see him as above as everyone else. Which he's is a great mid carter. Absolutely. Um, so we'll dive into the list and everything. Uh, I guess you want to do a top ten attitude era uh, wrestlers. Let, let's go ahead with the attitude era. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think this one we actually li- we actually went through and listed number one to number ten, right? We ranked, yeah. So we, yeah, ranked, we ranked we ranked this one, and I want to start with this one because this is probably like the easiest list you come up with. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think if you look at anyone, I think out of this entire list, I think nine of them is in agreement with everyone. I think number ten that we have here, people may like throw someone else in. It may be that Kurt Henning was for us. Exactly. Right. So for number ten on here, we put Gold Dust. And at this time, Gold Dust was ahead of the game, really mm-hmm. coming out at that time, being the way he was. You know, and you didn't know if he was gay, straight, bisexual, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. It was just fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, and, and it kind of like it kind of goes back to when we talked about how he was one of those top guys who never won championships. Exactly. I mean, like he he had that push. I mean, like he had all those great matches with Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels. You know, he, I mean, he he was one of the prime Intercontinental champions of the nineties. He 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 fought the top guys. Mm-hmm. But I think what the, I think maybe the problem that he always fell with was. His character, I think, was a little too ahead of what was acceptable at that time. Exactly. And I think that's what kind of kept him down from championship status. But for the 90s, I mean, like, that kept him up there. Right. Now, I'm, You're talking about someone who always got talked about, and it was always Goldust. Like, did you see what he was wearing under his thing? With the lingerie? Yeah. I, I forget who took, who unzipped him and... Was gonna smack him in the chest, the laundry, and it backed him off. <laughs> oh my god! I think uh, I think my favorite moment with Go Dust during the Attitude Era is um, when he dressed up like his dad, Dusty Rhodes. Oh god! And like he wore like the polka dot uh, outfit and all that shit. Um, it's amazing. If you guys never seen it, I'm sure you could YouTube and find it. It, it was fucking hilarious. Um, but I mean, it was Goldust, I think is. Definitely one of the Attitude guys, and that's oh, why yeah. I think we agreed to put him in the would, top ten. Yeah, definitely. Uh, following him on this list at number nine, we got Kane. See, and I, th- I think this was hard for us to put at number nine, if I remember correctly, because Kane was very prominent at that time. But I think he really came into more of his own after the Attitude Era, after they started letting him talk. Yeah, I mean, the, and the, and the weird thing when you put Kane into this is like, so... A lot of people, like, I'm not sure if a lot of people will, but I'm sure people will sit here and think, like, you know, when you think the attitude, you think of the 90s. Mm-hmm. And people are going to sit there and think, like, well, why would you put Kane on a list when Kane showed up in 97, you know? Right. This list isn't for the 90s. The attitude era was from, like, mid-90s to, like, almost, like, 2003, like, right at the end of the invasion. Right. So, doing this list, that's the concept that we're going with. You know, we have to think about... Okay, now who's predominant during the 90s itself, but the 90s, early 2000s. And a lot of these guys really didn't break out into that until later on the attitude or the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. But we did put Kane in here. He did he did uh, come, you know, uh, debut in 97 mm-hmm. during the Hell in Cell match between the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels. And from the day he walked through the door, he made a big impact in wrestling. I mean, his presence alone just, I mean, 
I'm, I'm sure if I ran into that guy even now, but I ran into like 97 Kane, I'd probably be a little standoffish because motherfucker looked mean. Yeah. If I bumped into 97 Kane today, I'd be freaked out. If I bumped into current today, Glenn Jacobs running for mayor, probably not so much. I'd, I'd shake his hand and hope he wins. It, it's pretty much all, and I, maybe not get chokeslammed. Maybe not get chokeslammed. Um, but yeah, he, uh, I mean, Kane, Kane was one of my favorites. And he was definitely one of those underdog. I mean, he was one of the guys that you could have put on that, like, that list of, like, never champion, you know, regardless of the fact he did win it for one day. But it's, like, one of the things, like, I guess not so much, like, never champion, but never got the opportunity to be that top guy. Never had that good heel Yeah, run. Yeah, I mean, because I think he held the championship maybe three times at the most. But, like, know, it was, like, know. yeah. But it was, like, he held it for one day mm-hmm. and then lost it to Austin. He won it again, like, after the Attitude Era. But within the Attitude Era, he held it for one day. Which I think if they gave him the opportunity, he could have held the title a lot longer and done more with it. Oh, yeah. Um, on the flip side of that, I guess when you look at the list that we have, him being number nine, <laughs> maybe there was a reason he didn't hold a title <laughs> you know, as much as everyone else on this list. Now we're coming up to number eight, one of my favorites, Y2J. I was, I was happy when Chris Jericho came into WWE and they gave him that, like, that top card status the moment he walked right. in. Regardless of what WCW did with him, kept him in like the cruise rates, but kept him like down so much. And he tried he tried to break out, you know, so much and they never gave him those moments. And he comes over to WWE F at the time, WWE now, right. you know, and they say, Listen, go for it. And he debuts interrupting the rock. That was one of the greatest exchanges of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll put that out there right now because I thought that was hilarious. Oh, I think, yeah. you know, with the rock, I think that was one of the first times he used with that, what's your name? Gig? It doesn't matter, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> yeah, and but and I, I'm glad that they did what he did. I'm glad that he became the first ever Undisputed Champion. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, when you sit there and you beat both the rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the same night. You deserve it. Yeah, you you deserve to hold that title, and you deserve to be on a list of the top ten. You know, maybe eight's a little low to some people. I to, think. to some people, yeah. but let's let's look at the rest of our list first, yeah. and then they can go from there. I yeah. believe you're up next. Uh, maybe maybe some people disagree with him being above Jericho, but Mankind is uh, here at number seven with us. Uh, one of the biggest things I think with Mankind was, you know, like, Mankind was popular, I mean, for years before that AF. Right. Um, but I think the biggest reasons I think I, I wanted him on this list and put him where he was is, like, Mankind had the ability to have multiple personality, multiple characters mm-hmm. within the Attitude Era. You know, and what was awesome was it <sighs> didn't it didn't allow him to get stale. Like, when he debuted in Mankind, obviously, it was before the Attitude Era. And he, he had a nice creepy feel to him, mm-hmm. too. I remember the promos. And I was like, I didn't realize who he was. I was actually watching with my dad. And my dad's like, isn't that Cactus Jack? <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> he, when he did the, when he first debuted, and he was doing those promos and everything, ripping his hair out, mm-hmm. stabbing himself in the leg with, like, that screwdriver or fork, whatever the hell he did. I mean, those matches he had with the Undertaker, the Boiler Room Brawl, the Buried Alive matches. Brutal. I mean, he 
he literally, pun intended, made an impact <laughs> on the Attitude Era. I mean, like, and I don't know, like, I guess when, I, I'm trying to remember dates now, but the Hell in a Cell match, Mankind vs. Undertaker, um, I can't remember if that was uh, pre or during uh, the Attitude Era. Talking about where he went to the top? We went to the top when he got thrown off the side. I'm trying to remember. I, I think that was. I, I want to say that is attitude error, but I obviously can be wrong sometimes. Because mm-hmm. you know I'm a man. Yeah, uh, Geo, if you're out there, um, <laughs> <laughs> let us know because I, for the life of me, I can't remember, and I'm not going to sit here and try to look it up. But um, mankind, I mean mankind, you know, dude, love Cactus Jack. I mean, all of them were there. Oh yeah. And all of them had great moments with the Attitude. You know, Mankind was awesome with The Undertaker. Dude Love was awesome with Stone Cold. And Cactus Jack, you know, his career ended with Cactus Jack versus Triple H. You know I mean? Like, all these moments I mean, happened. The I Quit matches and everything. Mm-hmm. The, the man with that was always told that he had no wrestling ability. And I'm not saying he was the greatest wrestler there was or anything that, by any means. But he always got better. Every and every character is just a little bit different move set wise. Still had the double underhook he used, uh, except for mankind used the mandible claw, which to me was probably one of the grossest fucking finishers ever. I don't remember how many times I saw guys puke after getting the yeah, mandible claw. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, like he he really had like maybe like five moves. He had like the knee to the face in the corner. He had the double arm DDT, the mambo claw, the pile driver, and you know a fucking clothesline over the top ropes. I mean that was his move set. And like, but the thing is, like, he didn't need to have anything else because the moves he did. I mean, there was so much impact to him. Like they looked like if you were to do that to a human being in real life, <laughs> to get hurt. Yeah, they're not walking. I mean, no. the match is over. <laughs> I. I like I said, man, I don't understand how this guy still walks to this day, or how he even functions mentally. Oh God! The no, the abuse that this man has taken. You ever uh, you ever watch Holy Foley on uh, WWE Network? No. Dude has a, a Santa Claus room. And I, I know he has a big obsession with Santa Claus. Yeah, you tell me that's not from these incidents. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what, what, did he play Santa Claus at one point in time for the WWE? He played Santa Claus a lot. Even, like, in the middle of June, uh, Tuesday, He's by like, himself. That the hell with it, I'm wearing this. Sometimes you just throw the fucking pants and boots on and sit there. <laughs> I'm not saying anything wrong with it, but I'm saying, like, I think a couple of those shots to the head kind of caused uh, his situation to be Santa. But also, I mean, like, fucking, he's an author. Yep. You know? I think, didn't he do stand-up comedian for a while, too? Yeah, yeah, he's actually doing that, too. So, after... Career after Attitude Era is still going, but in within the Attitude Era, he's definitely in the top ten. Oh, definitely. Now, this is the one who arguably should could be higher, arguably could be lower, but Kurt Angle. You suck. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Angle, I'm sure a lot of people will think, like, how is he not top five? Right. But, I mean, I mean being six is really close. I mean, when you look at the, who the top five are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think our I think one of them could be debated, but the other four are definite top fives. 
And I'll, I'll, I'll mention his name here in a minute, obviously. It, it's funny because Kurt Angle was the clean-cut guy. Mm-hmm. The didn't shoot beer at you, but he shot milk at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, legitly had skill out the ass. I mean, he would try anything and everything. What, moon salts. Uh, he brought the ink. I don't know. Did he bring the ankle lock? Was he the um, first one? Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock did it, but Kurt Angle used it. I think he used it better. I mean, Ken Shamrock's finisher was the ankle lock, just like Kurt Angle had the ankle lock and the ankle slam, but... I mean, like, he, okay, so his ankle lock had the same equal intensity as Ken Shamrock's. But there were times when he did the ankle lock and he wrapped his legs around yeah. your leg. Like, you weren't going anywhere. I mean, he, he brought intensity. I don't know if, if there has been anybody that has been as intense as Kurt Angle. No. No, no, no whatsoever. I mean, I mean, when you look at me, like, Kurt Angle was, had the ability to, like, I mean, he could manhandle you for being such a small guy compared mm-hmm. to most people. Uh, with his wrestling, uh, his amateur wrestling background, you know, those those belly-to-bellies, the German suplexes, the Ingo slam, you know, running up, grabbing you from the top rope, flipping you off. He's I mean, just amazing. Yeah. I don't think I've seen besides uh, Taz. I think Taz and Kurt Angle are probably two of the best suplexers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That have Hands ever down. been. They Hands can down. pop those hips real quick and boom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, what, and what's weird is, like, you know, when when you think about it, it's like, it's those amateur wrestlers, I think, that have the ability to do that a lot better. Yeah, because most of their stuff is a ground yeah. game. And when you look at, like, Shelton Benjamin, right. Chad Gable, you know, like, they, I mean, like, obviously, you need to have that kind of a, uh, athleticism in order to uh, do that. Oh, yeah. And it's awesome that he was able to do that, you know, bring bring what he knew into what he wanted to learn. And because of that, he... Learned so quickly and came up so fast. And what's weird is he dominated the Attitude Era. But with the Attitude Era ending about over a decade ago, his career still went on. I mean, like, oh, yeah. I mean, the Attitude Era was just a small portion of his career, but it was a big portion of his career because he won championships. He won the King of the Ring. He, I mean, let's see. He introduced one of the. New the new face of WWE now I guess you could call him or the new franchise. He's the franchise player now. His the first match ever with John Cena on SmackDown. Yeah, the the angle challenge. Yeah, the, the ruthless aggression. Ruthless aggression. Oh yeah. I mean, like Kurt, I mean, Kurt Angle is. I mean, between between giving John Cena his first moment, between giving Brock Lesnar that WrestleMania moment. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kurt Kurt Angle is done so much for the wrestling business and it all started with the attitude there. Yep. Uh, number five here, we got The Rock. The Rock. The Rock. Can you smell what The That's Rock is cooking? That's, I just got That's all I'm doing. I'm gonna, I finished it off there for you. <laughs> you, can't, you can't leave shit undone, man. I, I, re- I remember The Rock debuting as Prince Rocky Maivia, which oh, it was a terrible like the kid just looked weird had a little grass skirt like a tarzan thing like what is this Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden from one of our previous lists the nation of domination picks him up yeah and all of a sudden you get not rocky anymore it's the rock yeah and the the biggest thing that i loved about the rock is the rock was able to be a heel or a baby face and he was able to do it so well like he transitioned very Mm -hmm. well 
whatever the crowd saw him as is where he went, especially mm-hmm. when he would leave, come back, leave, and come back. Yep. Yeah, and it was like in 03 when he came back and everything. He came back as, I don't know if he came back as a heel, but that's what everyone saw him as. Yep. The guy who betrayed wrestling to go be a movie star. But obviously before all that, he was within the attitude area. He started out with the Nation Domination, took the Nation Domination from Farouk, ran with it for a while, left the Nation, joined the corporation, got betrayed by the corporation, Rock and Sock Connection, countless championship matches with with uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, with Triple H. What's weird is I can, for the life of me, ever think of a one-on-one match between The Rock and The Undertaker, though. I don't think they ever, I, I really don't think they ever fought. No. You know what else is weird that like, I was thinking about? Not to sidetrack from this real quick, though. Stone Cold Steve Austin never faced The Undertaker one-on-one at WrestleMania. That's interesting to think about, really. I, like, when you sit there and like I kept thinking about, like, like, what could a dream match be for, like, The Undertaker? And you think, like, okay, so through his entire life, he was never, like, defeated at WrestleMania up until, obviously, Brock Lesnar. Right. So when you sit there and think about all the guys he beat, Stone Cold's not in that. And I always thought that was weird. I, you know, I always, if I could ever ask, you know, like Vince McMahon, The Undertaker, or Stone Cold, with like a question, it would be that. Like, why didn't Steve Austin face The Undertaker or WrestleMania? I'm pretty sure it was supposed to happen. One of them was injured. It had to be. It had to be Stone Cold who was injured. Maybe that was shortly after the he broke his neck. I don't know. Maybe. But I just it, it would make sense that these two guys who were giants in this time. Would have collided at least once. Mm. I mean, I think Triple H is on that list two, maybe three times. True, yeah. Triple H is on the Undertaker's WrestleMania defeated list uh, three times. Definitely three times. three times I know of. Uh, Kane's on there twice. Kane's on there twice. Michaels is on there twice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Undertaker and uh, Stone Cold did have like a long feud, you know, with the Ministry even before the Ministry. Oh yeah, and everything. But it never went any farther into WrestleMania, and that's what always bugged me. Hmm. But, not to take away from The Rock that we were trying to talk about, but I mean, like, <laughs> um... Uh, the, the, the Rock is The Rock. Everybody knows The Rock, bar none. Even if you've never watched wrestling, you know he came from wrestling. I am. He's, a, he's that guy, third generation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, third generation wrestler. Yeah, I guess it's a way you want to look at it, because, um... His grandfather was his mom's father, and then his father was Rocky Johnson. That's third so generation. He, I, I mean, you could call it third generation. I mean, it's not third generation through a single bloodline. Yeah, I but mean, it doesn't have to be. Okay, whatever. It's parents. Calm the fuck down, bro. Parents. Calm no. the fuck down. Fucking breaking shit I down. I mean, when you sit there and look at it, isn't Roman Reigns like a fifth generation then? If you want to look at shit like that. Fuck Roman Reigns. Yeah, well, see, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. Everyone says the Rock is third generation, and I agree with that 100% based on the family tree. And if you never looked at the Rock's wrestling family tree, take a look at it because, I mean, I mean there were some people that you may not even realize were actually on it that are on there, like Yokozuna, you know, Rosie, Jamal, or Umaga, however you remember him as, you know. And choose to remember him as Umaga. Yeah, the wise Samoans were Kishi. Yep. The Usos, Roman Reigns, Rocky Johnson, High Chief Maivia. So many, so many wrestlers, you know, just from this bloodline. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's that Samoan fighting spirit. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, one of my favorites, Triple H. 
I always man, I don't remember him until he until he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and he is such a snobby prick. And all of a sudden, he came back one day as leather and biker. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is who this guy is. Oh yeah, I mean like. I mean, with pretty much this guy and actually the guy above him, these were the two guys on this list who are the reason we had like pretty much like the Attitude Era with the Monday Night Wars. Oh, yeah. Degeneration X was like, I mean, they were the whole reason that like the NWO thing happened and the war happened. I mean, they and they they pushed the boundaries of what was acceptable or allowed on TV. Oh yeah, because Vin, Vince does Vince likes to pretend there no other wrestling company exists, mm-hmm. and then you got these assholes that go right up to the arena yep. to where WCW is to challenge them. Oh yeah, yeah, but and and what's beautiful about I me, mean, like Triple H, I mean he had such an evolution, pun intended, of course, right. throughout even the Attitude Era. You know, like as like the sidekick in DX to the leader of DX to becoming the game. You know, mirroring the boss's daughter in a drive-through wedding chapel in Vegas. You know? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, like he. I mean, and he was one of the guys. Like, if if you want to talk intensity, like he's just up there, just right up there with Kurt Angle. But oh yeah, definitely. When it comes to Kurt Angle's in-ring intensity. I think the only thing that Triple H's intensity matches is when he had that sledgehammer in his hand. Because he, when he, he had that extra level, you know. Oh yeah, because when he I mean when he had that sledgehammer, I mean like he destroyed everybody with it. Well, I mean you know, Hacksaw had a two by four. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same thing, yeah. <laughs> Tri- Triple H had the sledgehammer. Same fucking thing, absolutely. Was it Cowboy Bob Orton had the the, the cast. cast. Mm-hmm. Everybody has something. Oh yeah, and um, so but yeah, it's it's great. It's great that um, he even even the whole um, curtain call didn't oh, blow the entire chance for him to become what he is today, which <coughs> is now the CFO of yep. you know and head of and he's head of uh, NXT. Too. He's head of NXT, yeah, and all that started. From being DX from the tier and everything, which you know landed him number four on here. And like I said, like you know, with him and the guy above him creating DX, obviously I'm talking about Shawn Michaels. Right. Shawn Michaels is the one that I was mentioning earlier. Like he could be the one you could flip flop with Kurt Angle. You could flip flop with The Rock. What? <clears throat> What's on your face, man? Dirt. <laughs> Cooper was doing what? Here, go play. Don't, don't bang on the door anymore. What's Cooper doing? Getting in his face. Getting in his face. Probably trying to clean him. It's like, oh look, dirt. Dirty boy. Um, I'll just kind of like double back here real quick. So Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle could be flip-flopped on this list. Or even Shawn Michaels and The Rock could be flip-flopped on this list. Oh, yeah. But having Shawn Michaels as number three, I think, is 
the wisest choice to have on here because, I mean, like, it's Shawn Michaels, you know? Arguably one of the greatest of all mm-hmm. time. Oh, yeah. If not the greatest of all time. Yeah, and, like, I think the only controversy you can have with this being listed as number three is, you know, like, how long was he really in the Attitude Era? You know, I mean, like, obviously he wasn't there through the middle. I mean, like, because he did have, you know, when he fit, had that match with Stone Cold Steve Austin and he left, eventually he came back, I think, maybe after 2000. So, I mean, there could be some controversy on how long he spent in the Attitude Era. I think no matter what, no matter where Shawn Michaels was in any of these errors, he was a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember him being in the Rockers. I remember the him putting Marty Jannetty through the window of the barber shop. I and then the whole heartbreak kid, and then he comes up, and now he's got almost no leash, doing mm-hmm. whatever he wants to do. I mean, I don't know how many times we probably saw his ass throughout the Attitude Era. <laughs> Too much. Too much. Too much. But, yeah, I mean, like, he was definitely, he was definitely, like, the top guy of the 90s. And without Shawn Michaels being there, being, you know, the heartbreak kid and everything, there, I don't think there would ever would have been much of an Attitude Era. No. If you didn't have Shawn Michaels joining up with Triple H, creating DX, and then pushing the bar, I don't think that would have opened Vince McMahon to the opportunity of doing much more. I don't think he would have been able to do much more. I don't think he would have had... Because with Shawn Michaels, you, legitly, Vince was probably getting pissed off at some of the shit they were doing. Oh, yeah. So he, he was probably able to feed that into his character of Mr. McMahon, which just made the whole thing just come full circle. You know, mm-hmm. I think they they dropped shit on each other all the time. I think literally shit one time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure... Oh man, they, they Michaels pulled off a lot of shit. I mean, had some of the greatest matches with anybody. I think for being called Mister WrestleMania, Mister WrestleMania, he doesn't have that many wins at WrestleMania. No, but the matches he did have, they had some major highlights right. in them. Phenomenal matches, absolutely. All right, and here comes the next arguable one: The Undertaker. Through every error. Everything. 20 was it? So he was it, over 20, 25 years. Yeah. He was, uh, he, he debuted as uh, Survivor Series in the 90s. The, the Undertaker, in my mind, is probably one of the greatest wrestlers that DAF ever had the opportunity to work with. Oh. Granted, he's number two here, but, you know, obviously by this time everyone knows who number one is, and there shouldn't be many people to argue that point. <laughs> but... I mean, I, I love. I mean, I loved everything about the Undertaker. I love the fact that when, you know, when they, at the beginning of the Attitude Era, he was just like, you know, the, you know, just a dead man, you know. Then he turned into uh, like the Ministry Undertaker, gone for a little bit, and right there at the end of the Attitude Era, he came back as the American Badass. And we've talked about that numerous times, like him able to evolve and transition his character into so many different oh, yeah. ways. And he never lost popularity. He never lost fans. I mean, people loved him no matter what he did. And I mean, like, and the, the, just the, his presence. I mean, like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't count how many times I had chills just watching his entrance from, like, the, just on TV. Boom. Like, you don't even have to be there. No. 
hair standing on mm-hmm. end. And I mean, like you were saying, basically still the same character throughout. Just yep. tweaked it. You know, American Badass happens to be one of my favorites, too. I like the ministry. I, I do like... I like more of the old school taker for when they when they still had magic in WWE. Yeah. When they were still doing stuff like that. And I think that, you know, WWE needs to get back into stuff like that. I want to believe that these people are mm-hmm. who they you say they are. But yeah. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels probably either either or can be top one yeah. for all time. What I and the one thing, uh, one thing also, like I would want to mention about the Undertaker, uh, before we finish out this list, because obviously we're already halfway through the show on one list. <laughs> um, when you look at the Undertaker and look at the name, the Undertaker, when you look at all other wrestlers, current and everything, there's a very small list of people who go by a gimmick name, kind of, you know, like right. I mean, like, everyone nowadays, like, they have, like, a name or, like, a nickname to their name, you know? But The Undertaker was that guy who, even up until current, has that wrestling gimmick name. Right. You know, like, like when you said, like, you think of The Rock. Okay, well, that's short for Rocky Johnson or Miz. It's short for Michael Miz, whatever his last name right. is. John Cena is just his name. You know, Dean Ambrose. And Grand are not their real names. You know, they're wrestling character names. Right. But they're a, they're a pair... They appear to be real names, first and last names and shit like that. But with the Undertaker, I mean, it's not a name. It's a it's a gimmick that For the for the longest time it was hard to see him outside of a ring. Mm-hmm. Not too many people caught too many pictures of him outside of a ring nope. or anything like that. He lived he lived his gimmick to the T. Oh yeah. I think uh, I think I read somewhere that like sometimes he would Hire people to go grocery shopping for him, so he wasn't seen out in public buying groceries. I, I mean, it makes sense. Absolutely, I buy, I buy him groceries. He wouldn't have to hire me. Like, here you go, sir. Yeah, you know, he gives you like a Kit Kat bar or some shit. Rest in peace. <laughs> um, greatest guy. I I don't I don't disagree that um, he couldn't be number one, but I definitely couldn't see him being less than number two. No, he's definitely. But number one, attitude error. You don't want to say it. This, this is the your guy. This is the guy. Well, it's your turn, man. All right, Stone Cold Steve Austin. I love him. I love Stone Cold. I love him. I love the attitude error. I love the, I love the feud with Mister McMahon because that that entire battle between him, you know, and Mister McMahon was it was the attitude error. I mean, I believe he started the attitude error. Drop it at the King of the Ring. See, that's the thing. Like, where do you decide, like, where the attitude starts? Like, does it start with Stone Cold's King of the Ring win? Does it start with the Montreal screw job? Does it start with the, you know, the introduction to DX? Like, it's like, where's, like, where's I, I, that I think line? It, it's hard to, to actually mm-hmm. pinpoint that. But to me, like, I remember the Montreal screw job, but man, I really remember Stone Cold. And his shoot promo, mm-hmm. doing the because Stone Cold said so and beat the shit Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yeah. I, I loved, I loved that promo. I loved that interview, and I, I mean, I even to this day, I still, I still pull it up from time to time and watch it. Oh yeah, 
Because I mean, like that. I mean, that's the, that's the beginning of Austin three sixteen. Because isn't that when he had to leave to go to the hospital, get his shit sewn, mm-hmm. and then made them drive him back? Oh yeah, or probably yeah. drove back himself. But yeah, he busted his lip in the match. I think he was uh, facing Savio Vega. <laughs> I think I can't remember, but uh, he busted his lip during the match. Went to the hospital, got stitches, came back, beat Jace the Snake. And what's weird is like you know. That that King of the Ring was supposed to be Triple H before the curtain call. Right. Like, could you imagine like what wrestling would have been like today if the curtain call never happened? There wouldn't there wouldn't be a Stone Cold team. I could guarantee there wouldn't be a Stone Cold team. I mean, I, I I don't know if there would have been the Stone Cold that we know now. No, definitely not the one we know now. But if there may still have been an attitude error. But I think, man, I really. I don't want to give him all the credit, but to me, that's the moment I go back to. Because, yeah. you know, Austin 316 just says, I kicked your ass. Or, but that's the thing. I mean, like, let's say Triple H won the King of the Ring. He would have gone on to face Shawn Michaels for the title, not team up with him to make DX. You know, it possibly, like, DX probably wouldn't have happened. If it did, it wouldn't happen that soon. What if it had been DX with Stone Cold? God, can you imagine that? Fucking Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold being D-Generation X. Oh, my God. That, that would almost work. Fucking awesome. Both Texas boys. Fucking uh, Austin coming out doing the fucking crotch chop and shit like that. And, well, that would make Stone Cold stun somebody. Then you get sweet chin music. That's your tag team finisher right there. I guess so. Yeah, so Triple H uh, standing behind them with his arms out, you know. On the side and shit like that. You just have Austin there with his fucking fingers. I guess it could have worked. That, we could make it work. We could make it work. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we, we got the, we got through our top ten attitude right there. Uh, Goldust, Kane, Jericho, Mankind, Angle, Rock, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Again, these lists are ranked based on our preferences. So if you guys have a preference that you feel is better than ours, please, I encourage you to tell us. I've and then waiting. we'll tell you how wrong you are. Oh, I'll definitely tell you how wrong you are. I've been I've been waiting to hear fucking Steve's input on anything, but Steve went quiet again. Oh, well. Hashtag fuck Steve. Hashtag fuck Steve. I think when we get shirts, we're going to have a hashtag fuck Steve. Shirt. Oh, we're going to have to. Fuck Steve. Got to have the hashtag so we're cool. Oh, let's definitely say hashtag. Yeah. But I think we'll spell like fuck like F-U-K. So we're not too offensive, but we still know what's going on. We don't want the hashtag to be too long. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving right along here to our next list. Um, we're going to talk about the top ten managers um, in wrestling. And this list actually was uh, recommended by our buddy Bob uh, Vivera uh, on on our uh, actually our Facebook page. Oh. So thanks, Bob, uh, for recommending this. You recommended a bunch of other ones. Um. To be honest with everyone, just give them a heads up. If you don't hear a list you recommend it, it's not because we didn't want to do it. It's because we don't know how to shut the fuck up sometimes and get through lists. <laughs> so we kind of have to push some off. But don't worry, we're going to do some in the future and everything because we're going to keep doing these list things. Well, when we get to show 20, we'll do another list show. We'll do another 20. Ooh. We won't do a top 20, though. No, because... we won't do a top 20. That was, yeah. It was hard not to come up with 10 for I some know. of these. We're going to cut down to like top fives. Top fives. Um, <laughs> then we can get through four from the one show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for the top uh, top ten managers and everything, uh, I don't think this is ranked. I think this is just listed. I think we just listed this. Yeah. So to actually 
go through a little bit. Um, I'm just going to read off some that I don't want to talk about. And then, obviously, talk about the ones I do want to talk about. Well, yeah. I mean. So, obviously, on our top ten list, you know, we put uh, Paul Ellering on it. You know, the manager for the Legion of Doom, mm-hmm. Road Warriors. J.J. Dillon's on there, you know, the manager for the Four Horsemen. You know, a, a cornerstone of what the Four Horsemen oh, yeah. are. Uh, Lou Albano, you know, manager throughout, the, I think he's like the 70s and 80s. 70s and 80s. If that was correct. Uh, Jim Cornette, 90s. You know, he, I think he was with Dr. Death for a long time. I think he had Kurt Henning in there and all that shit. He, he had quite a few. Classy Freddie Blassie. I mean, that's like going back, you know, Way 60s back. and shit like that. But he had Hogan. He, he had Hogan. He had, I think he had Hogan before Hogan was Hulk Hogan. I think he had Hogan in like, um, when they were uh, Smoky Mountain and everything. Yep. I when he was, uh, uh, what the fuck was his name before he was Hulk Hogan? I don't remember. I can't remember either, but I think it was back in that day. I don't know if he was around to manage him during WWF because during WWF he was managed by Jimmy Hart. Who was also on our list. Also on our list, also a great manager. And then next to him we have Mr. Fuji as well. Mr. Fuji was pretty was around for a while. I want to say oh, yeah. 80s, 90s. Yeah, I mean, I, he had Yokozuna and everything. Um, that's the one that sticks out the most to me is him managing Yokozuna. Well, he had uh, Demolition too at one point, didn't he? I think I think a lot Demolition had a lot of managers. So that's the thing. Like, like I I base I I base what I decided on this list off of the impact I remember for the top guys that they had. I don't know if you were the same way or. You just agreed with me because we had to get these lists done or whatever the fuck. I just was. I just picked the guys I knew and liked. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I, I, I put I put no real uh, looking up skills into it. I just, just like, yeah, hey. I got you. So out of the ten, the t- uh, out of the ten, seven of them that we uh, had listed were Mister Fuji, Jimmy Hart, Freddie Blassie, Jim Cornette, Lou Albano, JJ Dillon, and Paul Ellering. The other three, I think, if we were to list it, would definitely be top three. Oh yeah. And these are the ones I do want to talk about a little bit. Uh, one of the guys I want to talk about is Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer was not the original no. manager for Undertaker. No, but I'm glad uh, I'm glad he became the manager. I'm, I'm very happy. Because I fucking hate buddy, uh, Brother Love. Buddy brother Love! love. Is, it brother love? is it Brother Love or Buddy Love? I think it's Brother Love. Brother Love? Yes. Yeah, Chris stupid. What, Pritchard? Pritchard? Yeah, fuck that fuck guy. Fuck that guy. I hated that character so much. I hated the way he talked. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Paul Bearer. <laughs> I, 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 loved, uh, I loved having Paul Bearer um, as the manager of the Undertaker. And actually, I loved when he managed like Mankind, too. Or Kane. Mm-hmm. Because what's, what's awesome about Paul Bearer, and like, when we look at the other guys like that we had on the list, a lot of, like, half the guys on this list uh, managed a certain type of wrestler. The other half, you know, like, they didn't care who it was just as long as they could manage the next top guy. And, you know, a variety of, like, you know, different kind of personas and shit. But when you look at Paul Bear, Paul Bear uh, managed, I think he only managed the three guys I mentioned, Mankind, Candy, Undertaker. And they're all pretty much based to be the same kind of grim, the, dark. The dark side. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he started out as the Undertaker's uh, manager. Oh, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I fucking love that shit. Um, he betrayed the Undertaker, started managing mankind. I think it went back to the Undertaker, betrayed him, started managing Kane, and he was with the Undertaker from the moment that like the Undertaker returned as the Dead Man. Uh, after the American Badass, mm-hmm. 
uh, gimmick after he got buried by uh, Vince McMahon. Came back as a dead man. And he was with the Undertaker up until the Undertaker buried him in cement. Quote, unquote, killing him. Right. And, uh, when you sit there and think about it, I mean, like, pretty much everyone like just kind of betrayed Paul Bear into like, a death situation. Like, Kane betrayed him and left him in a freezer. You know, it's like... <laughs> that was that was his dad. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, remember, uh, back when um, the Dudleys were having a feud with with the Undertaker, and everyone thought that he had, they had abducted Paul Heyman, but he ended up inducting Paul Bear. Abducting Paul Bear. Did I say inducted? Inducted. Inducted Paul Bear. He did eventually get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Right. Posthumously, obviously, so... But <laughs> his, I mean, his fucking son does that fucking voice so well, too. But Paul Bearer is definitely one of my favorite guys, especially on this list. Oh, yeah. Um, another guy on this list is uh, Bobby Heenan. And one of the reasons I want to talk about Bobby Heenan is it wasn't because I recall him being a great manager, but he was a great like announcer. He was a great commentator. And he managed so many people. He had the Heenan family. Yep. I mean, one of the biggest wrestlers I know he managed, I, I recall he managed the most, was Rick Rude. He had Rick Rude. Um, I think he managed King Kong Bundy. I'm pretty, didn't he have Andre for a while? Yep. Yeah. He, yeah that, when Matt, when uh, when Andre and Jai uh, turned heel yeah. to face the uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. After hundreds of matches of being face, yeah. he finally wanted to be a champion. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like. And um, I don't know if you remember or not. Oh, fuck, you know, actually, no, no, mind. it wasn't. I don't think that was Bob Heenan. Never mind. Oh, okay then. Yeah, I forget about that point. It was, it, it was sad to watch him uh, suffer through his disease. Yeah. Because he was, I mean, very healthy, loved, obviously loved to talk, was very good mm-hmm. at it. Whether he was managing, whether he was behind the mic, he just knew what he was talking about and knew how to get a reaction. He's one of those guys where if he would have had wrestling ability, he'd have been a top guy. He would have definitely been like a top personality when it came to uh, like showboating or like oh, getting, yeah. your, getting your point across on the mic and everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, like he, he had a long career when it came to wrestling and he, you know, unfortunately, like, like you said, like he got sick and. Yep. Slowly, slowly went on, but I'm trying to pull up uh, here real quick, maybe like a quick list of the guys he managed, because I know there's so many, and I just want to know who they are. Okay, so I'm literally going to read this entire list to give you an idea of how many people this guy's managed, <laughs> um, because as much as I know we're trying to you know, get all this in, yeah, well. It's our show. Yeah, fuck yeah. So Nick Bockwinkle. Ray, the Crippler, Stevens, and keep in mind, like, try to think of these, you know, if you know who these people are, if you remember them. Uh, Angelo Pofo. That'd be related to... That's Randy Savage's brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Duncan Sr. I don't remember Sr., but I do remember Jr. Adrian Adonis. Okay. Big John Studd, which I don't remember that one. Ken Patera, King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant, Ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Harley Race... Hercules Hernandez, the Barbarian, Mister Perfect, Kurt Henning. Yeah, you know I forgot about that one. 
I don't really? know. I don't know how I forgot about that. Actually, he always talked about how him I know. I just, were friends. I know. I just like that one slipped my mind. Uh, High Chief uh, Siva Afi. I don't know who that is. Yeah, that one. Red Rooster, Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> so <laughs> Brooklyn Brawler had a manager. I guess so. Rick Flair, Lex Luger, The Missing Link, King Haku, Don Morocco, Buddy Rose, Butch Reed, Colt Cabana. Wow. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs, Nigel McGuinness, CM Punk, which I don't remember that. What? Yeah, what? Baron Von Raschke, Ernie Ladd, Dick Warren, John Jumbo Bailey, Killer Carl Cox, Nikolai Volkov, Mass Superstar, Austin Idol, and Ron Bass. He also uh, managed uh, a couple tag teams, but Jesus. they're, you know, literally they're really just combined. People that he already managed. CM Punk. No idea when he managed CM Punk. That that's news to me. Hmm. Um. It had to be. It had to be an indie thing. It had to be. I mean, unless like, I don't know. Unless he managed him in Ring of Honor's or something like that. But now I'm gonna have to look it up. We'll figure it out. Um. Anyways, yeah. One last guy on our list, which I think would probably be maybe the top guy. Uh, Paul Paul Heyman, as we mentioned. Paul E. Dangerously. Paul E. Dangerously. The guy who couldn't pay a wrestler, but can manage the shit out of Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Um, couldn't I, pay a wrestler, but had way better storylines yeah. than have the other people. Yeah. I, I, I love Paul Heyman as a manager. Um, if you think about the guys he managed, I mean, it goes back, you know, obviously Brock Lesnar. Well, obviously. I mean, he started managing Brock Lesnar's career and still managing it. But in between that, you know, you had The Big Show, you had CM Punk, you had Kurt Angle. His his list reads as a who's who of wrestling, yeah. too, though. Fucking uh, Rybaxel. Rybaxel. Fucking managed Rybaxel. Um, he had Cesaro for a short time. Yeah. Yeah, Cesaro became a Paul Heyman guy. I, just, I really think if anybody needs their own stable... Paul Heyman is the guy that needs his own stable. Like the brain family, he needs like a Heyman guy family. Or just yeah. a Heyman family. And I thought I thought like maybe they're gonna try to do that. And um for some reason they didn't. I mean like and that's what bugged me. It's like if you wanna push a bunch of like mid card guys, you put them with Paul Heyman. I think that's what they tried doing with you know, like Ryback. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to do a Curtis Axel because I mean you're not pushing him to Fucking main event stats. I mean, how times? How many times do you repackage him? I mean, eventually he might be able. To, he's got. He's got the others. He's got ring skills. I just don't think he's got a whole lot of personality. No, I think as much as they would love to give him the opportunity, unless he goes to Ring of Honors or uh, GFW, I don't think he's gonna be a top guy. It's not because he doesn't have the talent. He doesn't. I mean, he talks great on a mic. He wrestles great in the ring. I just, I think he, <clears throat> I think he's too normal looking. He just doesn't, he doesn't have that one thing that like stands out into like a, <laughs> holy shit, you know, this guy. He's not a weirdo. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm not trying to, I mean, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound like a dick about it, but I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just how it is. I mean, that's fact, Jack. I mean, I don't know what to fucking tell you. We got through two lists. We got through two lists. <laughs> in an hour. 
I know, right? We we are fucking good. Hey, you know what? We have a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. Like I said, like you know, we'll just keep these lists for futures and everything, you know. Because eventually, we're not going to have a, a pay-per-view to talk about again coming up here soon, but... Well, after SummerSlam, it'll be a couple weeks. Yeah, I think there's still a couple... Uh, you know, that was one list I always wanted to do, but... I think it's not so much as a list, but I think we're going to have a conversation coming up about... Pay-per-view names that WWE could use, and they should have used instead of Great Balls of Fire. Well, they should have called Great Balls of Fire Extreme Rules, and called Extreme Rules Great Balls of Fire. They, they should call it anything other than Great Balls of Fire because that's just, a stupid name. <laughs> they paid a shit ton of money to get that song, too. Yeah. Guaranteed it. And it's it's so fucking dumb. I mean, like, if you own DCW, DCW has some decent pay-per-view names that you could have used. Especially Starcade. Which <laughs> Halloween <laughs> Havoc. Yeah, World War Three. Right? Uh, what the fuck? Spring Stampede. Bash at the Beach. There's, I don't even remember anymore. Another knows. There, yeah. I mean, those were the big ones, though. I mean, those were like they're like SummerSlam Survivor Series and all that shit. But, I mean, you still own ECW. We could use One Night Stand. You could have used Christmas Carnage or anything else. We're gonna have a. I, I want to have a show about that in the future. Talking about <laughs> these old pay per view names, because I mean, like you've had three different uh, companies with, you know, twelve pay per views a month. Each sometimes you know evolving as a different fucking like Cyber Tuesday or Cyber Sunday or Taboo yeah, Tuesday. What, yeah, what happened to Cyber Sunday? I don't know. That would have been better than Great Balls of Fire, uh, that, especially being in the social media era. Exactly, because could you imagine voting? I remember, I love voting for matches. Uh-huh. Who's who's Triple H gonna face tonight? What kind of match? Yeah. I mean, like that. I mean, I had fun doing that. Santino like, Morella, bras and panty. <laughs> Gross. Fuck. What the fuck? <laughs> no, whatever. Um, yeah. So again, you know, if if either of those two lists that we did, <laughs> if either of those lists uh, rubbed you the wrong way, and you felt there was someone that's supposed to be on it that wasn't. Definitely fuck off for one, but two, uh, let us know, you know, your opinions on it, because, like I said, like, I mean, the best part about this uh, podcast is the interaction that we get, and we do get a lot of interaction, we just really want more of it. Right. Uh, and just to uh, touch base on everything, and we're going to mention this, because like I said, this is one of two episodes being released today, so we'll mention it again in the next episode, but in this episode, I want to tell you, August 26th, next Saturday... SCW Intensity is happening in Shabans. Um, they've mentioned it. <clears throat> President Keast was uh, on Facebook Live a few days ago talking about a few of the matches, talking about some of the new guys that are going to be there, some of the popular ones that are going to come back, and obviously the originals. So he did mention, and I'm going to mention it to you guys so you guys are aware of it as well, this show is starting an hour early. And it's not that it's starting an hour early, finishing an hour early. It's an hour longer than normal. Ooh. <clears throat> so the doors open at 5. The bell, I believe, is at 5.30. <laughs> and it's supposed to go till 10. Matches start at 6. My bad. So it starts at 5. Matches start at 6. And it's supposed to go till 10 o'clock. Make sure you get there in time to get a seat. Uh, last, uh, last month's show had such a draw. There were people literally standing watching the show. 
because they got there late. And they're projecting this show to be even bigger. Nice. Yeah, so definitely make sure you get a seat. I guess I'll have to leave Comic-Con a little early. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're Comic-Conning. I'm Comic-Conning. You're Comic-Conning. Um, <clears throat> also, uh, like all of SCW shows, they, they do like a fundraiser or they help out, you know, like a cause in a way or anything. This one, I believe, is for um, school supplies. Oh, nice. I think it's for uh, like the elementary school kids. That yeah. fucking shit is expensive. Yeah, so help SCW and the Shabance Elementary School by donating school supplies for the upcoming school year. So, you know, obviously if you have any extra school supplies, some pens, notepads, color pencils, and don't bring you shit. Don't be that dick. You know, like, you know, obviously school supplies are expensive. Yeah, they are. But, I mean, like, go to Staples, go to Office Max, go to Big Lots, something like that. Buy some notebooks, buy some pens, oh, and help dollar these. Store, shit. Yeah, I mean, help these guys out. You know, they're putting on a show, putting their bodies on the line to entertain you. You can bring a couple of notebooks and stuff. Buck, help these teachers out who <clears> have <throat> to buy their all their shit from their classrooms yeah. themselves. Fucking be part of it. I ain't bringing shit, but y'all bring shit. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm telling you about this. I'm doing my part. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're raffling off though. They didn't, they didn't announce what they're raffling. No raffle? I know. I mean, I, I felt so bad when I didn't win that uh, Air Continental title uh, last month. I was like, hoping I could put it in my collection with uh, the um, the jacket. Outlaw. The outlaw jacket, yeah. So hopefully we see what they're raffling off, and hopefully I can walk away with something again. Um, You know, it sucks because uh, SCW is the only indie show that I can promote because no one else stays in touch with us. And I'd like to reiterate, like we were talking before, we do not charge anybody to talk about their show. Yeah, I don't know who said that or who was uh, putting that assumption into people's minds. But <clears throat> if you heard anything from anyone about us charging companies to mention them on our podcast, I'm going to tell you something right now. Like, we're a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> I mean, we, this is literally. We're a, we're a non for profit organization at this moment in time. We are literally in the episode 11 of a podcast that is recorded in a guest bedroom of a house in a small ass <laughs> town at the southern part of Will County in a shitty state, okay? So if you think that our idea of making money is trying to charge plugs for indie uh, companies, you're completely wrong because that's not what this show is about. Our show is here to help indie shows get more. What's the word? More advertisement. Yeah. I'm, here, here's the thing. So, we've been offered free tickets to go to shows. Mm-hmm. We have turned down those free tickets every time they're offered. We pay to go to the show. Mm-hmm. That's the way they make their money. We're not going to take that away. We we've, we've been offered tickets. You you were there. Yeah. And we we thank you, but. $10, $12 is not going to break our bank. No. No. When, when, and that's the thing, too. It's like, it's like because SCW offered us uh, tickets to go to their show. Right. And I don't, we, like, we're not doing this for, f- like, handouts or anything free and shit no. like that. We're doing this because we love wrestling. And we want to promote the local indie wrestling companies that there are. And we don't want, we don't want anything in return, you know? You know, we don't sit there and say, hey, listen, we're going to plug you on our show, but we want you to mention us on yours. 
We never said that. We're never going to say that because we're going to grow ourselves based on social media and based on, you know, the fans that that we develop and the friends that we have that are part of this show. That's how we're going to grow. You know, and the best way for us to help you guys grow is to say, hey, listen, I have a show coming up in two weeks. You mind mentioning it? And we'll do it. You know, like we mentioned Fire Pro Wrestling. Like they never contacted me back. They never asked me to promote their show. I did it. I did it because, you know, it's a local show and I wanted to help out. But to be honest with you, and I don't want to sound like a dick or anything, but if you're not going to communicate back with me, then I'm not going to sit here and constantly keep plugging a show. Yeah, we're going to shoot us one email. You got a show coming up? Shoot us an email. Shoot us a Facebook message. Whatever. We will get up. We will get it for you because that's what we want to be. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I mean, when we first started this, like, I had a little extra time in my life where I could sit there and go through all Facebook and find all these wrestling shows and everything. And I could sit there and plug at the plug at the plug, which is all well and good. But if you don't tell me you have a show coming up or you don't sit there and say, hey, listen, I got a show coming up, I'm not going to know because I don't sit there and I don't look through everything and I don't get, you know, alerts and stuff for upcoming shows. Yeah, I'll, I'll put them up. But yeah. if I see them on Facebook, I'll post them to our Facebook. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I, I work. I can't be on Facebook twenty four hours a day. Maybe, we, maybe we do need to bring in some more administrators for our Facebook side. But yeah, know, for just the two of us, we plug everything we find, mm-hmm. regardless if it's here. Um, I plug shows for North Dakota. I plug shows for South Carolina. Yeah, anything that pops up in my feed that's a local indie show, boom, mm-hmm. share yeah, right we, to the page. We, we, I mean, yeah, we we promoted Rise. Rise. We promoted Smash Fest. Smash Fest. Uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but uh, in Michigan, we promoted one. Yeah. Um, just north of us in um, Midlothian. Oh, I, I, what they're I can't remember what they're called. They had the 420 show, though. Yeah. Um, you know, um, fucking Fire Pro out in Maryville and the one down south. What was the one? W? Not SCW, Nor- but Northern Light. Northern Lights. Yeah, like, I mean, we sat there and did everything we could to, you know, to plug you guys, promote you guys, and try to build a relationship with you. And all we're asking for is, like, hey, just to contact us back, let us know what's going on so we can keep those plugs and promotions going. Because we're here for you guys. Like, you know, we, like, you know, we're not really doing much else with our lives except <laughs> work in this, you know? So, I mean, if we just, could... The most, the most we'll need is a match card. Yeah. If you want us to, if you don't want to give us a match card, that's fine. Give us the time, date, what time to be there, where to get the tickets from. Mm-hmm. If you're doing anything special, like SCW does with the kids or the veterans or anything like that, let us plug it for you. Yeah. It's free. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, that, I mean that's the whole, that's whole point of this is to, you know, reach as many people as possible. Maybe not many people know about Northern, you know, light wrestling down in, um, I can't remember the name of the town because Godly. it's South Godly. So maybe not many people know a lot about Godly and everything, but, you know, we're sitting there and we're, we're plugging the show to get more people involved in that. Right. Plugging more people to get down in SCW, more people to got to Fire Pro, more people to Smash Fest. Like we're here to help, but for some reason, like maybe, and maybe they don't need our help, and that's fine. Like you know, like I'm yeah, not. That's completely <clears throat> fine. I'm, I'm more power to them. Yeah. if they don't need our help. Yeah, because we're, I mean, the bigger thing is like we're not going to push you to help us. Like you know, if I if I try to contact you, you don't respond. I'm not going to contact you again because I'm not going to be that fucking creepy, obsessive girlfriend that can't take a hint. So if you don't need our help and you're doing just fine, hey, more power to you. I'm not going to bother you. But if you feel you do need our help and you want to get in touch with me, 
or you want to get in touch with uh, Dizzle J, you can message us on our Facebook. You can message us on our Twitter. You can send us an email at jfwpodcast at yahoo.com. There are so many different ways. You can go onto our website and you can co- uh, comment, uh, go to the contact us section. All of our social media is on there. You can uh, fill out the form right there. It'll get sent to our website or it'll get sent to our email address and we'll get in contact with you. Like, it doesn't take us long to get back to you. You know, it's. But also on the same token, if you are willing to help us out with the concept of trying to find these local shows, hey, you know what? If you see one that pops up you think we'll be interested in, tag us in it. You know, share it to our Facebook page or whatever. Send it oh, to our email. Yeah. You know, like, you know, like we encourage help. You know, so. <laughs> like, like we said, we we can't be on the internet twenty four hours a day. Exactly. Um, is this show done? Are we ready for the next is one? This show's done. Time to ring this bell on this episode. Perfect. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, this is the end of uh, episode one of this week. We're going to start episode two here. So make sure you click on the one right after this because, as always, I am Travis i I'm Dizzle J. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Freaking Wrestling, the JFW Podcast. Peace. <laughs>